All right, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Uh, as always, you can check out all the links for all the things at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Um, a cool piece of news. We had a couple more people join in and we are now officially over halfway to funding um, this summer's trip to Michigan. Uh, more details to come. We're hashing out all of the, the skits and things and teachings that we're going to be doing, but all of the stuff will be streamed for all of you guys as well as live at the event. Um, and last but not least, as always, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Doesn't need to be eloquent. You don't need to go into a million different details, but we have people ready and waiting to, to pray. So, um, I'm not going to lie in this kind of setting. It almost feels weird to be doing the buddy walk intro with you on the other end of this. So, okay. Who's shocked? We were doing the math before, um, but before we start, got started here and this is four times that, that Brandon has been on the show in the last couple of months since we switched, um, formats and it's just, it's all part of the process. I just slowly, but surely <laughs> it's just a process of making Brandon the new co-host. He just doesn't know yet. It's just going to happen one day. Yeah. He's going to want to bulk record a bunch of episodes and then, Hey, it's everybody's favorite black sheep, Brandon Knight, back here with you all. I got to say, I'm so not used to being so quiet through intros. Yeah. I'm not used to that because it's gotten to a point on Sysmac Geekology that if I'm on the show, they just have me host it. Whether I know what's going on or not, they're like, you can figure out something, right? I, sure. Okay. I'll talk. It's like I told the, told the new recruits. If you can't talk with Brandon, you you just can't talk. That's just the reality of it. <laughs> but uh, so where we are, we are neck deep in this ministry misfit um, series. We've started unpacking some of the stories of people that have been, for one reason or another, considered a misfit within the ministry world, and the the thesis statement behind this for those of you that that missed the first two episodes definitely go check them out um but the thesis statement here is that the more stories that we get presented right the more clear the through line is going to become of what is it right there's so many of us the the little pockets of conversations that i have with guys like you and josh or with brother matthew and andrew where there's this, this theme of we are little pockets of the island of misfit toys. We are the mm -hmm. ones that are not looked at in the most favorable light when it comes to, mm, by a mainstream standard, what sets the mark as far as a ministry professional, if you will, which that, mm, those words are gross. But... <laughs> we'll go with it. Um, so, so in talking about this, you were one of the first 
you were one of the first people that came to mind because I I honestly, for my money, man, I, I've not seen another person thread the needle between different worlds in the way that I watch you do it authentically not it's not a gimmick it's it's completely authentic you are just of a certain personality type that that is is presupposed to that sort of thing and the thing that fascinates me so much about you and i is you know you're a handful of years younger than me but still of the same generation there's a lot of you that reminds me of me but there was some pretty key points in our lives where you hard went one way and i hard went the other way Mm -hmm. but what fascinates me is you can you can take two people that are kind of antithesis in in certain ways but also so very similar and you end up in a similar boat of because of my situation because of my context i can see these different points of view, but also that means that I'm not fully accepted by any of them. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would say the thing for me is that last part that you just said right there of not fully accepted by any of them. Since college, as you said, this is all personality. This is not something that I did intentionally. This is really not something I'm trying to do intentionally. It's just kind of the person that I am of, I know you hate these terms. We're both millennials. We hate labels, but we have to use them. It's how language works. Since college, I have not been conservative enough for the conservatives, liberal enough for the liberals, or progressive enough for the progressives. In college, with my contemporaries in the ministries department, they were all pouring over Calvin, Spurgeon, the, the, the big heavy hitters, which is fine. Nothing wrong with Martin Luther. Well, okay, like 90% of Martin Luther is good. Sorry, Lutherans listening, if there are any. Sorry, Pastor Will, if you're listening. Um, you know, nothing wrong completely with all of that stuff, but I was over here, existentialism, Kierkegaard, right. Albert Camus, um, Immanuel Kant, not really existentialism, but he was another guy I was fascinated with in college. R.C. Sproul in the philosophy theology world. Like these were the guys that I was reading. Yeah. And ever since that point, I have been in this in-between world, as Joe puts it, of Sometimes I'm rocking with your most basic conservative evangelical people. I go to a very atypical, non-denominational, evangelical, multi-site Midwestern church. You've been to one, you've been to all of them. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes I rock really well with those people, and then I'll say something, and they don't know how to respond. Or, you know, I have certain bents in my theology and in my in my political life as well, though they're not strong, that are a little bit more liberal, a little bit more progressive. And so I can rock with them and suddenly nothing makes sense to them that I'm talking about. Even with you and I, as you said, you know, kind of cut from the same cloth, two different people cut in the cloth, though. You're a house church guy. I just said the whole thing about where I come from. 
Joe's a nice, supportive person. I hope you all listening to this show know this by now, that Joe's a very supportive person. In my traveling preaching, I post the links on social media for the sermons just to be, you know, helping people out if you're not at a service that Sunday, whatever. Joe watches. Joe usually gives me great feedback. But there was one, and I will quote what you quoted. You came back to me like Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode three. You were the chosen one. So even even good friends who 98% of the rest of the time were really on the same page when it comes to our ministry goals of what we're trying to accomplish in the podcasting world of getting some actual really good, hearty Christian content out there for everybody. Even really good guys, really good friends can run into these moments where we're not seeing eye to eye. I have tribes, but all of them don't quite get me i always have felt like and this actually goes a little bit into the mental health world i've always have felt like your favorite reoccurring character on your favorite tv show i'm not the main character i'm that background character who shows up for an episode and you're like oh hey that guy's here great example of that is i think his name was stewart in big bang theory he was the guy who owned the comic book store that's how i feel i'm that guy you're always happy when he's in that episode the show's not about him so when he's not in an episode who cares and that's how i've always felt about myself um you know there's times where (laughs) with the non-denominational church i'm not i'm not this at all i am a liberal alternative guy i'm walking in with my skinny jeans my black skinny jeans and my brian danielson t-shirts and I'm speaking Carney, and I'm listening to Green Day, and I start talking about, you know, maybe some, like, you know, social justice matters, and people don't have a clue what to do with me. Right. Especially not in the Midwest. Especially not in, especially in Indiana. For those of you who are from this area, you know we're a very conservative state, and so when I show up like that, that's kind of a there are certain people in my church and then I will stop talking. This is the most I've ever talked while Joe and I are on a podcast together. Cause I'm sure he's got like a thousand questions at this point in the midst of 2020, as we're all processing all of it, all of the stuff, there were certain people in my church who started posting things aggressively. You all know those aggressive posters. So just think of those people. And I'm seeing myself as the one they're posting about. I'm the one who, you know, I think I'm thinking differently than these people. And I see the aggression on social media. I don't interact with these people at church now. Right. They don't know what I, they don't know what I think on these topics. I don't interact with them because I don't feel safe around them from a mental health perspective. I don't feel safe around these. I was invited to join a Bible study that was comprised mostly of these men who were posting these very aggressive things on social media about people who think like me. And I turned it down because you don't, you don't want to know what I think. Trust me. You don't. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) Well, and I think that probably more articulate, articulately that. So everything that just Brand- that Brandon just said and 
where I picked up and how you heard me naturally speak is why he talks on just about every single episode or hosts just about every single episode of Systematic Ecology. That is a literal... There you go. Yeah, really. Um, okay, so you... Listening to you unpack that was such an articulate representation of so much of kind of the rocks that got kicked over during 2020 and like this even the fact that i've i've even said that much without raising my voice and getting all animated and stuff is proof is is proof text of of god it's not a me thing mm. but uh, trust me the community the <laughs> the 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 saints that surround us around the campfire as we sit here and talk understand fully where i was when when 2020 was was active and anything uh i need to go back and listen to some of those episodes oh, I, I'll, I'll send I, you I, some i want to hear some of that <laughs> yeah um so but there's so many stories that i heard from people like from my side more of where i got mm, where it became personal for me was like dude in a calendar year I lost like three people that were significant people mm -hmm. in my life. Like we're not talking about bit players off to the side, like a friend of a friend of a friend. Like we're talking about main characters in my life. Mm -hmm. And like, but for a lot of people, they ended up in this situation, not dissimilar to what you're describing, where suddenly everything. So all of this has happened, right? The playing field has been changed. And John Boy jumps up on his Twitter machine and and starts running his mouth off and mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. Or Susie posts some video that likely was proven to be fake after the fact. That was my one. I had to get one in. I just had to get one oh, in. Oh, of course. Um that, you know, talking about this and agendas this and, and fake this and all of this kind of stuff. And and condemning every person who thinks of a certain way and that's something that i that i find really interesting about this whole thing is you know especially for people that are a part of the mental health community um which is is one of those fascinating things that's gotten baked into some of the conversations that i've had a chance to have with some of the people that are part of the international contingent of the community of of just kind of comparing some of the war stories of of okay. the 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 consideration of mental health and things like that but especially for people that are part of the mental health community that trust factor that matters man like n yeah. under understanding whether or not i can feel safe expressing my Myself around you bears a direct impact on how willing I'm going to be to engage you. And that is heartbreaking when you translate that context into the church. Yep. Yeah. It was, you know, and these are men, good men, hardworking men who love the Lord, who love their wives, who take care of their children. Like they're good guys, but, you know, at the risk of being called a snowflake, it just takes one or two and I'm like, yeah, one or two posts. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't feel safe around you. Right. You're, you don't want to hear what I have to say. You don't agree. You're just going to, it's not going to be a conversation. Right. It's going to be you trying to convince me otherwise. 
And I'm all for discussing opinions, differing opinions, but I know what you're coming at here. You're not here to hear my side. You're here to change me. Exactly. Exactly. And um, <laughs> so I'm going to make some references. So bear, bear with me. Um, uh, family oh, from across the pond. I'm going to make some references to some American uh, uh, IP and stuff like that. That might not hit with everybody, but you guys are going to get where I'm going with this whole thing. One of the biggest things that I found so interesting about having you on in particular is it's what the, it's that thing that I referenced at the at the beginning of the episode. The tree fell in the woods and you went one way and I went the other way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the events, the cutting of the cloth, if you will, can look that's that that's less important. You know, man will always be out of pocket. Man will always fall short. Let's not focus on man. Let's focus on God sort of thing. It's kind of sure. the, the uh, mentality that I take to that portion of it. What interests me more is for you, you, you have one of the biggest hearts out of somebody who has seen some of the damage that we've seen that I've ever seen in an individual. Like that's that you you have some of the most attuneness to the the heart of the people. That's why I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that um, <laughs> you you are you are a shepherd without a flock, my man. Like you you are, are are steeped in truth and you will speak truth and things like that. But but you are a shepherd without a flock. Like that that is your heart is for is for people. But so many of us, and this is where I tie it back to the rest of the series. Guys, let's mm-hmm. check, let's check the, the, the through lines here. That's the whole purpose of this. Because if you can listen to this in, in any one of us that you have heard speak so far, if you can see some of yourself in there, then just, just take that as confirmation that you that that we we as people that don't fit the norm, we do not walk alone. And so you take somebody like a brother Matthew, right? Super intellectual, super intelligent. Uh, You don't want to get into a war of words with that guy when it comes to an intellectual basis because he knows what he's talking about. That's it's it's that more of that aggressive side. Andrew, a social uh, a, a social advocate in so many ways. You guys are probably the closest, except for he will ball him up and go to town with anybody on any topic that people, especially when you get towards that CRT side of things and that okay. part of the conversation. Me, Man, you know, part of my part of my childhood was rage against the machine. Like, uh, I I have struggled with not being the contrarian for contrarian's sake, but it's not an easy road to walk. When you look around you and you see the you you see the the, the cracks in the machine, you see mm-hmm. the flaw in the standardization of education that gets so freely distributed from all manner of venue. This is not a this is not a life that one chooses. This is a life that God puts you in. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to this this holy discontentment. And the thing that fascinates me is you went 
the opposite direction from the rest of the guys that have been showcased thus far. Mm -hmm. You care about people in a different kind of way. Everybody else that I mentioned has a heart for the church. That's the gimmick behind mm -hmm. each. That's that's one of those through lines. Each one of us, even though we are smacked in the face by our brethren, we have a heart for the church. Mm -hmm. But each one of us has a but has a has has an aggressive side that isn't first and foremost in you the same way that it is for us. Yeah. Next question. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, this just comes back to personality. I think there is a level of what I am willing to pick and choose my battles on and how I'm going to fight those battles. You know, you you dropped in on one sermon that was an outlier that you were like, hey, man, what's going on here? I'm not a shouting Baptist preacher, for those of you who have never heard me preach, but preaching is where I get heated. And I think my mentality is that reformer mentality of let's change the church. Yeah. Now, if I had... If everybody who has said to some degree what you said of Brandon, you're a shepherd without a flock, I would have one. Um, I, I, so, so this is where we get into the minutia of things. Sure. With, with as a byproduct that each one of us has gone through. No, as a byproduct of where each one of us are and where we fit into the paradigm in the mold. Each one of us has a story to tell about uh, not being considered up to snuff for a particular role, not okay. having the right qualifications, not believing sure. the right things. It looks different for each for each individual person, but there's this yeah. similarity between each one of us. So I don't, and and I hope that everything that's happening in this episode it's showcasing the fact that like brandon said you don't need to see eye to eye on on every single thing because i do know mm. the ministry heart and all of those kinds of things too and i would say that even some of our it, some of our context and focus is at that level not just at a podcasting level they do differ a, a bit and mm. that's and that's okay but i would i would absolutely poke back at what you said because that that is something that is still a matter of the old guard changing shift. And, and I know, I of all people understand the complication of what I just said. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, I just called out a lot of people. And it, it, it's not... The, the reality is... I think there's there's a changing that's happening because there's a there's a giant rejection of uh, man-made tradition that's hap that 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 this groundswell is happening. It's the one area where I where I I don't know if it's divine or if it's me being stubborn, but I'm choosing to be optimistic when I see. So many people 
saying, no, 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 no. My pastor told me so is not good enough. I yes. am going to check everything that you are teaching me against the scriptures. But the problem is by doing that, you come up against stuff like Christian nationalism. You come up against sure. things like progressive ideals. You come up against a whole manner of different facets of things that are automatically challenged when you bring it into the light of truth. So I think that overcoming that portion of it, or at least contextualizing that portion of it, is something entirely different. Because I think differently than a lot of people do about the fivefold ministry. Because I think that we think of it in a very American context, even if we don't mean to, if it's all that you've been exposed to, then it's a bad habit to break. So I'm not trying to be crappy towards anybody when I say something like that. I'm not trying to single anybody out. But the reality is thus. When we are called into something, whether or not we are recognized by this group or have it by this means or, or, or by this standard of measurement or what have you, that's external from scripture. What, what, we need to get rid of that stuff and hold it to the biblical mandate and just stop waiting for somebody to give us permission. God's already given us permission. Sure. You know what I mean? And and yes, yeah. that's that's coming from the millennial house church guy. And I, if, if you have a greeter at the door of your service, that's enough for me to walk away because I've seen the depths <laughs> of relationship that that means to me that I don't need to slot in a Sunday morning service just for the sake of doing mm. the checkmark item. Don't get me wrong. I love the community aspect of it. And again, proof text of the changing in, in me that God has been doing it's realized to me that that engaging with other people finding people to put it as you put it that that are a home team sort of support system has been a wonderful thing mm -hmm. but but I just I think I think what you said is emblematic of some of the ways that that we're some of the chains that we are still trying to break as the millennial generation rejecting some of the old ways just saying it as for mm -hmm. what it is yeah. yeah and that's the that's the current client climate that we're in in general with the millennials and with gen z as well we're slink we're swinging very much more towards a liberal bent in yeah. theology in political thinking in general not trying to say that the rejection of tradition is a liberal agenda because Joe's right. There are times where no, let me back that one up. Let me say it this way. Ignorance is bliss. So if you've only known the church of America and you can read it into the book of acts, then it's quote fine. Yeah. I put That's me adding quotes just so that way you wouldn't challenge that. Just making sure everybody's on board. Okay. <laughs> so ignorance is bliss. It's Birdman. It's, you know. But then when you start to have, when you start to realize the cracks, there are different ways to glue the, well, not glue the cracks back together, 
but to address those cracks. For some, it is the rage against the machine. Mm -hmm. For some, it is hands on the boots on the ground working in the machine. Yeah. That makes sense? That does make sense. My goal is not to become a CEO pastor. I don't want that. That is not my heart. Right. And truly, if I never become a pastor in the traditional American sense, fine. Right. That's not my goal. I don't care. I don't care. My goal is to get into the church. I'm a traveling preacher. If this is your first time listening to the show, along with being a podcaster, I'm a traveling preacher here in Northwest Indiana. My goal is to help churches. That's first and foremost, because that's why I get called in to preach. But I don't just preach John 3.16 every week. Okay, maybe sometimes. Maybe sometimes we just need to camp out and remind ourselves how much God loves us. But for the most part, I want to know what your church is, where are you at, and confront those things head on. Yeah. Because basically, I'm a gun for hire. And if you don't like it, don't hire me next week. Yeah, and that's exactly why that one week that you reference stood out to me the way that it did. It's because there are some of us, don't get me wrong, the more the, the, the more I mature, and I mean that in a lot of senses because I experience and maturity are two different things. And that was a hard pill to swallow when I first learned that. But the as I as I have matured, the more I've realized, I don't actually want to. I don't want to fight my whole life. I don't want the focus to be mm-hmm. to be on the fight. My my whole life, I I want to transition into helping other people see a, a better path. And I understand, I, I really do. I understand how much that's been co-opted and that sounds like a cheesy Southern Christian movie tagline, find a better path. But like, let me tell you something. Yeah. I know the path that I was on before and I know the path that I'm on now. And I'll tell you that this one's a million times better and twice on Sunday. Like that, but so, so there's, there's just a reality, you know? Sure. But there is also a reality to when you look at each one of us, and I mean this, there's there's others, right? Seth is another one, friend of the show. Uh, oh, Seth. He he was the he was the voice of the intro uh for for a long season of the show. He if you listen to the okay. intro and the outro voice, and he's been on the show a handful of times. He's another one that is a misfit. Um rejected the city on the hill model. He's he's from this area, and we have our city on the hill. Uh, church and and that is we we both spent our time there and he's rejected it too and there's so many different people that i i come around and things like that that the one thing we do all have in common is when push comes to shove when you put us in the right context oh i promise you that you will find that each one of us are very talented gunslingers and we will not (laughs) 
hold back on calling out what we need to call out and speaking truth to where we need to speak truth unapologetically. You know what I mean? And that is something that I watch you walk into. I, I don't need to. You know what, guys? For, for better or for worse, there are some there are some stereotypes that are based in patterns. And, and my damaged brain does very well with patterns. So there are some churches that... <laughs> You just need to show me their sanctuary. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. If oh, I yeah, yeah, for if, sure. if I can see the American flag and a cross in the same shot, you've told me everything that I need to know. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that is for for those that are uninitiated. Walking in there, being the guy in front of the room and saying, "Okay, we're calling this out." That's a daunting prospect. You know what I, I mean? I did. And I did Palm Sunday because, you know, the entire point is the king has come to Jerusalem. Right. Get this. Do we cuss on the show? Get the American flag down. Yeah. Get it down. I called them out from the pulpit with it right behind me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was still there next month. I learned. <clears throat> I Well, I should say I am learning. You know, uh, I'm I'm in the area that I am in now, um, geographically speaking, uh, and she knows this. Everybody knows this because of my wife. All of her family's here. I'm not. I I will goodbye Yellow Brick Road like that. I'm <laughs> don't need to be here anymore. But I can't lie and say that it wasn't honestly one of the richest decisions that ever came about in my life to come back here because I reconnected with my high school sweetheart because I married her and because all of these things and I've learned and I've grown so much since being back here. And I've learned a tough pill to pill that you can't outrun your demons. At some point you need to turn and face them. If you want any kind of peace in your life, you need to address those things that are deep in your closet. Just being honest. And, but, but I still don't like this area. I still, I, I still don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the United States. I'm, I'm just not. I, uh, my heart, and you guys know this, is to, is to shepherd a small flock on the shores of Ireland someplace. To, is that a literal flock of sheep, or are we still talking about people here? I can't tell you how many times people have said that exact same response to me <laughs> when I said that. And the best part is, is one of them just went like, oh, I didn't realize you wanted to be a farmer. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I've got a small I've got a small garden out back, but I'm by no means a farmer. No, we're talking. <laughs> we are talking in the figurative sense, um, you know, but that to me that that sounds that sounds sweet you know what i mean and for right now i've i you know being at this stage i realize that my time on the battlefield so to speak is not is not done yet and i use that that term you know very metaphorically and it's a sad state of affairs that that is how we have to think of ourselves as the warrior type but the reality is is that we there's a there's a period of time or there's a period of time that i'm being called into that this is teaching and I think that I see some of that in you, if I'm just being honest, of your time as a warrior type now, but out of necessity, not out of choice. 
Yeah. Well, would you like to hear, hear about my ideal? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So not too far off, but my ideal would be visiting Ireland would be great. But to have that, you actually said it in an episode of SG, and I was proud of you because you finally picked it up. My ideal is the intellectual theology life of I'm in London at the pub with a pint discussing a book, and it doesn't have to be the Bible. Yeah. And I would love to lecture on literature. I've found myself... This is a whole nother conversation that he'll write down and have me record here in another month or two. Yep. I'm over it on the on the uh, Christian higher education. I'm yep. kind of over it. I'm kind of over it. Brandon, aren't you the guy with the podcast where you talk about what you're studying in seminary? Yes, I am. Um, so to some ways, I am burying my own gimmick, but... I'm kind of over it from the perspective of it's not exciting anymore. Right. It's not interesting anymore. You know, it systematic theology was fine, but you know, I look at other schools with other degrees that are in ministry and it's the same thing all the time. I don't want to keep taking Greek and systematic theology. Yeah. I took it once. I got the book. I have the t-shirt move on. Right. I'll have the piece of paper this spring. And I've found myself more and more just enjoying this other world of literature, that medieval studies world, that world of fairy tales and myths and occultism. Did you know you can get a degree in mythology and occultism? I did, actually. I, I found that out the other day. Joe, I can become John Constantine. <laughs> like my dream will come true. I will become John Constantine. And I think it's not impossible to bridge those two worlds of theology and those studies and to do ministry differently and to lecture and to teach differently. I love the church. I love preaching. I love talking. I love doing this thing. I love to write. So ministry will always be a part of it. Will I be a pastor in the process? I don't know. Yeah. And I look at, you know, I love... Tolkien. This I, I love C.S. Lewis, Joe. I know C.S. Lewis, whatever. I love C.S. Lewis too, as well. I love Tolkien. You can get degrees in his work. Yeah. You can take classes on Lewis. You can get a degree in Tolkien studies. And I just look at several decades of studying the works of J.R.R. Tolkien versus, oh, I don't know, 2,000 years of academic studying on the scriptures from an intellectual academic perspective I see myself being able to do more pursuing literature studies making a more of an impact there than I do continuing to try and make an impact intellectually theologically speaking and yes, the Holy Spirit does the work. And yes, God is the one who sanctifies us and changed us. Let's just check all the boxes so that way you all don't think I'm that crazy. But I don't know. That's, again, just, play, just trying to bring this full circle. That's, again, going back to the misfit part of me. Right. Do you, there, Nobody's interested in that in my world, outside right. of my wife and obviously you and Josh. But yeah, that 
so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, break the fourth wall here and two things. One, um, so we've referenced a couple of times systematic ecology. The idea is that we are both ridiculous nerds and we have an entire show around unpacking the deeper concepts and th deeper conversation about different IPs and things like that. A couple faceted, or uh, there's a couple facets to it. A, to show the public that yes, you can be a Christian and be a geek at the same time, but also it's okay to address things that aren't overtly Christian. And sure. so, yes, it's <clears throat> there. There is this, you know, uh, he, he is preaching to the choir when it, when speaking to me about this idea. But when you widen out the angle for a bit, you do, you realize it becomes more sparse and sparse. Like if you want to talk about like the MCU or movies or something like that, like, oh, there's tons of people. But when you're talking mm -hmm. about dissecting some of the greatest literary minds or greatest creative minds that also walk these worlds of understanding theology and having a relationship with God and all of these things and, and not just going with the Narniad. I, everybody who knows me knows I love the Narniad, but it is the most on piece of any of them. It is the most bam it's in your face this is sure. like this is what it is 100 i will be the first one to admit that the other word the the, uh, the other contemporaries that it's often the uh compared to are all more diverging story based than mm -hmm. than the narnia is but regardless of what avenue or what what you know corner of that playhouse you're hanging out in it's still this idea that you can approach these things and ha it's okay. It's okay to push the boundaries of the bubble of the, this thing that we call existence and ask hard questions. And that goes into one of the things that unites the misfits is that, you know what? We all at different points in our lives have had questions. Every single one of us aren't afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's okay that you ask questions questions the deconstructing part is not the problem it's right. reconstructing into something it's getting thought it's it's thoughtful attempt of getting real answers mm -hmm. you know what i mean and isn't it dirty the fact that asking questions is a bad thing mm -hmm. oh it's it's so gross but there's this is just reality and honestly what you're hearing guys is is the the breakdown of what a Early range millennial and a late range millennial would be experiencing as misfits in ministry. And and there's a lot of this that is very like if you <laughs> if you are late twenties, early thirties and in ministry, guys, this is the episode for you. But You're there, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Um but the other th the other half of what I what I want to address is the beautiful thing, I got to put the community over for a minute. If if there's any one group of followers, of fans, of people that come around side that rivals that that I've seen with SG, it's these guys. And and the way the, the diversity of, of perspective and and things like that, it's really cool. And so all of those, I have to tap dance so that way I don't piss anybody off. 
<laughs> that's not necessary with, with because th because it's not it's a community by and large made up of people that aren't encumbered by years and years of bad american teaching it's more of a from the natural spring source sort of relationship with this whole concept of a supernatural god Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of those things that you were talking about a lot more palatable. And unfortunately, guys, to now turn to the community, this is something that we, it's, this is, this is a prerequisite. If you are on a mainline American show where if you say some of these things, you are, you have firmly put yourself in that, that spot of being the pariah of the situation. You know what I mean? Because you're speaking out against the establishment. We don't we mm -hmm. don't set forth to do as such, but you almost have to have a part of the back of your mind that kind of enjoys a little bit of the controversy because you're gonna find it whether or not you want it or not. Yeah. Yeah, we're gluttons for punishment at some point, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. it has to be a holy thing. That's why, uh, the, because because the the human mind and the human body is is if you do the research, that's uh, there's a reason why if you're working out and you stop, you know, you think that you're done, like I don't know, five sets, you know, away from failure, and you think you're one set away from failure, and you push, and you're gonna find, oh man, I can get all of these other reps in. Okay, because the mind is designed to protect the vessel. And mm. and we'll tell you, it's the same mind that tells you, hey, this is hot. Hey, don't mm -hmm. do this. You know what I mean? And, and it's that same sure. kind of thing that if we're going to keep stepping to this and be willing to get punched in the face by our own brethren, eventually we're going to stop doing it. But the thing is that we can find... And, I said this with the other guys and and surprisingly it went over well because I don't want it to be misconstrued again going back to the whole backstepping for the for for you know an American ear set but mm -hmm. Jesus also got punched in the face by his brethren you know what I mean and, and and if what we are doing is flying in the face of the established it's not being a contrarian for contrarian's sake it's being a contrarian by osmosis Okay. Yeah. A prophet's not really accepted in his own hometown. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that that's, that's one of the beautiful things to watch. Hey, you have to accept that you're a part of this life, but to watch people at varying degrees and varying levels say, screw it. I am unapologetically me. And that means that I'm going to catch it from some people. That means some people will never accept me. Some people will never fully understand me. But I'm yeah. still going to stand. That, that, my friends, is... It doesn't matter if you go to an atypical um, non-denominational church. It doesn't matter if you go to a Baptist church. It doesn't matter if you're this, that, or the other thing, or whatever label. That's just a matter of being part of the contingent that is willing to stand arm in arm and hold the line for truth. That is one of the most valuable things that I am finding among people. I care so little at this point 
about whatever label it is, whatever denomination it is, whatever. Sure. Like, mm -hmm. th yes, there are problems that I have with certain denominational sects because you know what? Again, patterns and stereotypes are not diverse from one another, guys. That's just a reality. But, and and you mentioned this whole thing of, of higher education and I, I, I want to wet the palate because you're right in what, you know, we heard, we heard from Brandon on his on his future plans but what he doesn't know is just between you you me and the wall guys is that um he he's he's he just doesn't know that we're starting a church yet just that's that's all it's in the cards i just get we gotta what you gotta widow it down you know what i mean kind of like making a spearhead you know the last guy who pitched the idea of starting a church with me ended up being one of those crazy people posting on social media QAnon stuff in 2020 so we'll just put that one down too so so for what it's <laughs> for what it's worth I'm one of those crazy people right catch us oh and I'm going <laughs> to talk about be, talk about being a misfit I'm going out there with this I'm one of those crazy people that listened to science and got like the antidote for the poison that was going around and all of those kinds what of things you know? and then re-upped on the antidote when the antidote started to wear off almost like that's how um vaccines work. work crazy how that happens you know what i mean like it's science right. um but I, I i say all of that to say like you know you 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 mentioned this this higher education portion of it and part of what kind of separates us from the pack to, to varying degrees you know there are some guys like brother matthew brother matthew held on to god for dear life and didn't let go by means of of academia academia was a huge thing for him that helped him stay held on to god and then the grace part of it and the heart part of it is i'm watching god grow that part of him now but long before that, he was it was the academic side. For guys like for, for, for guys like Andrew, it is the social side. For guys mm -hmm. like you, it is the heart. For guys like me, it's the relationship. Each one of us identifies differently, and I think that goes into this whole idea of we are all discontent with the traditionalism of it. If you decide to go off and go be and do and, and go get a pastoral degree and whatever, whatever, there are some there are some things that I would love to sit there and have somebody pour a foreign language down my uh, down my throat for X number of weeks or or pour the fundamentals of church history down my throat for eight weeks or whatever. Like there there are there are very tempting portions of it, but. I go back to this whole idea of what what were you called to do to be proven ready P proven pr proven to be to to be adequate to be able to do this whole thing from a biblical sense and what are you from an American mainline sense now and how off piece are they from one another? And if we are yeah. going to to stand and say, and I hear, I I hear people, I I if it conflicts anywhere with scripture, then it's got to go. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you've never been hired by an American church before, you are light years away from getting to anything Paul wrote to Timothy in First and Second Timothy on the qualifications of an elder. That is like. 
the last thing you talk about. Yeah. And and that goes the hiring process. And that goes into music ministry. You know, and because uh, yep, yep. I, I spent I spent my time going through and, and helping out um, church bands and all of that and mm. filling in for a while and, and all of that. And boy, howdy, did I experience some things doing that for the short pe- period of time that I did it. But um, uh, even to music ministry like that, it, it you might as well be hiring for a, a C-level executive at a corporation yeah. at that point. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, if you could take anything away from me, I like the academic life. Yeah. I just think my trajectory is changing. If I stay in the ministry studies world, it's going to be to get very specific training because it sounds cool. There's a very reformed seminary not far from me that offers classes in preaching liturgy. I've never preached liturgy. Sounds cool. I'll take a class someday. Just because I want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing that at this stage in my life, uh, I have to agree that, like, there's something not at all tempting about the idea of forced education at this stage of my life. Everything that I want to do, I want to do it because I want to do it from an academic standpoint. And that. I'm I'm not inherently against the training portion of it, and I think I think education you can't you cannot negotiate your way out of putting in the academic reps, but sure. that's different than being a well-rounded student at a university. I once okay. asked somebody why why do we have to take all of these electives and different things and and stuff that okay. has nothing to do with any of it. And it's all in the name of being a well-rounded student. No, no, it's all in the name of maximizing your financial centers called students. I said it, um, <laughs> but I, I would agree. I would agree with you on that, though. Of yeah, I, I'm done running the circles. Can I have a square now, please? Yeah, yeah. I want to just study my squares, please. Right. You know, I and I and I think that that's that's okay. You know what I mean? And and I'm hoping. That as we see time go on, there's more and more of a realization of there are so many different archetypes to the Christian. Like, there's so many different types and things. It's almost like God created each one of us different. Except for like we all we're all humans, but like we're all going to process this thing differently. And but but I think that that's yes, there's a contingent of people that just cheered me on and said absolutely right. Except for the fact that for so long, so much of the emphasis has been put on the individual relationship between man and God that we've lost sight of the corporate aspect of it. And whether we like people or yeah. not, we we are seeing the after effects of a lack of ability to be able to corporately suffer with one another or corporately celebrate with one another like the Bible tells us to or be able to resolve issues in a way that reflects the chosen people of God. 
that puts if the Josh key. is listening, this is his favorite part. Absolutely, absolutely. He's doing <laughs> he's doing cartwheels right now. Um, the mental image of Josh doing cartwheels is fantastic as well. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, friends, family, countrymen, and non-countrymen, um, as it were. This this has been another. This has been one of those conversations that. Uh, the thesis statement of of Buddy Walk is born out of because this is raw conversation. This is hard in the everyday. It's easy. We joke around about it. We'll sit here. We'll do bits about it and all of those kinds of things. But I I just so all of the things, all of the worst bits that you heard us talk about, guys. That's every that's life. That's everyday life. That's not that. Yeah. There is no there is no days off when it comes to that. Are you actively getting punched in the face every single day? No. But the further down this road you go, the more often you're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. So yeah, sure. it, it's it's one of those things that you know we we there's so much value in the authenticity behind these words. But just take this as as a a. Uh, a status quo check that you can absolutely take as a representation for a contingent of people here stateside that are of our age that are rejecting the tradition. I keep using that word tradition. I, for those of you that hear me and you, there's some nuance that you don't always pick up on with what we're talking about. This is part of that gray area nuance that you wouldn't necessarily understand unless you were actively a part of the machine. That that it's it's not doctrine that we are rejecting. It's not theology that we are rejecting. It is not the rules that we are rejecting. It is the tradition that's baked in all of that that we are rejecting. Would you say it's the mode of transportation for many of those things? Yes, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, so so just being clear about that, but, you know, as always, dude, I, I appreciate you. you. You add such a unique perspective to these kinds of conversations that I, I and I've and I've heard I made it a point to tell you, or I wanted to make it a point to tell you that after the last time that you were on, I heard from several people within the community that really took took a lot of value away from the conversations of you being in different contexts and dealing in those different situations and different things like that. And so it, it is a pleasure as always to have you chime in and, and share, share more of yourself with the community. Well, I do want to say thank you to that. And thank you to your community because you're right. You do have a great group of people here because every time I'm here, which is becoming more frequent, I always see something over on my show. There's a new country that happens to drop in. There's someone new who likes or follows one of the social media pages. So you got you got good people here. I got to assume that those are the same people. So y'all are great. Thanks for having me on again. So for those that, you know, as we like to say, every episode is somebody's first episode. So for those that haven't heard the previous uh, episodes, let people know where they can find you. Sure. So you can find Joe and I both at Systematic Geekology. If you 
couldn't figure that one out by this point. Um, all the platforms, blah, blah, blah. My own personal show is My Seminary Life. I talk about the stuff I'm studying in grad school right now. And I know that might sound awkward after the whole academic conversation that we've ended off here on. But part of the show is me reflecting on. I'm not just regurgitating what I learned. I'm reflecting on it. So there are times, especially this last class I took, where I am just going to tell you, this is dumb. Yeah. So if that sounds interesting to you, it's on all the main platforms. You can find it on Facebook and Instagram at my seminary life pod. I really need to build a website, Joe. I've, I've figured that out. <laughs> that finally occurred to me the other day because I got to I got to have a place to put everybody at point everybody at. So, but yeah, thanks again for having me. Those are the stuff. All right. Thanks for joining, guys. And as always, know that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. We'll catch you down the road.